podcast host, learning leader, researcher, speaker, coach, and consultant, and author of the book, Dream Big and Live Your Dreams Boldly. As you know, I'm also the CEO and founder of EMK Learning Solutions, LLC. And it's, it's so refreshing to be back again this week for yet another empowering episode with our special guest. And but before I introduce this guest, and I know you were dying to know who the guest is, but I want to always start with gratitude. I want to take the time to say thank you so much for being a fan of this podcast. There's so many podcasts you could have been listening to, but being able to dedicate your time to listen makes a whole lot to me and other fans. So thank you so much for keeping us going. And uh, I really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, this week's episode of the podcast is focused on leadership. And and before we get into it, first permit me to introduce our special guest, Matthew. So Matthew, you're just, um, you're you're here for the first time. This is your very first time you're being a guest on the show and you're always welcome back. But just get us started by telling us about yourself and what you do. Yeah, thank you so, so much. I I, uh, am also so appreciative to be on the podcast. I talk a lot about humility, and we'll get into that in a minute, but uh, there's a tremendous amount of research that suggests gratitude and humility are connected. The more gra- oh. you know, grateful you are, the more humble you tend to be. So I love that you started out with that gratitude moment, and I'm very grateful to be here. My name is Matt Sachik. I am a, a professor at the University of Florida. I teach leadership on the undergraduate uh, level. And that's usually like intro to leadership classes. We talk a little bit about theory. We talk a little bit about practice. And then I teach it on the the PhD level. Uh, So I have advisees who go through, learn a little bit about leadership. Mostly my focus is on organizational leadership. And and, and my passion is really around that idea of humility, how humility impacts organizations. Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, it's a topic that really, it's really important to me. And, and I believe that by the end of this podcast, people would probably have taken so many notes because um, this is a golden nugget we're going to be sharing here today. So um, being a, a professor in, lead, in leadership, wow. Those, those people that, you know, get the opportunity to hear from you getting started in college, the journey is really starting on the right foot because they're like, okay, having the foundation that they need to hopefully become the leaders that we're hoping um, would make a difference in this world. But now I'm curious, like, you know, how do you get into leadership? Do you, do you mind sharing your leadership journey? Did you get into it by accident or is something that you've always wanted to do? No, I would love to share that. And I, I really find your comments to be so kind of insightful. I think we need to start the practice of emotional intelligence and leadership and and certainly humility even before we get into college. We're going to get into, uh, you know, really complex problems over the next century where we're going from 7.6 billion people on the planet to, you know, 9.6 billion people on the planet. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen. But there's just more complexity with social media. There's more complexity with the way that we're raising our children. If you just look out at the world today, the problems we face are so much more complex. And I think we need to start earlier developing leadership. And and that's kind of what I did. You asked me about my backgrounds. It was a really kind of intentional and purposeful 
movement towards something that I was really, really passionate about. I love this idea of human behavior. And, and uh, when I grew up, my father was a clinical psychologist and I just loved what he did. I loved helping people. I certainly love the idea of watching and engaging with people so that we could, you know, make people great. If we could do that, I felt like we could elevate consciousness. I felt that we could engage people at a level where they were more happy, having more fun. So in college, I really thought I was going to be a clinical psychologist. I did an internship. Um, I went to a group home and I was only at the group home for about 15 minutes when mm -hmm. I got hit in the back of the head with a fire extinguisher from one of the the, the clients that were there. And I was 100% sure 16 minutes in that I was not going to do clinical psychology. So I had to find something that I was passionate about, something that had to do with human behavior, and some way I could really make an impact on the world. I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. So one of my professors suggested this idea of industrial organizational psychology, which mm -hmm. turned into, for me, the study of leadership. So when I was in my undergraduate, I did some research on leadership, published some papers. Mm -hmm. I then went off to Columbia University in New York City, loved my time in New York City, got a master's in organizational leadership. Mm -hmm. And then I was blessed to be able to find the program out at Gonzaga University, mm -hmm. where they uh, grant PhDs in, in leadership studies. Uh, and back in that time, there wasn't a ton of jobs, but I felt like if I could learn as much as I could about a topic area, mm -hmm. someone would hire me. And I was fortunate enough to get a job after I got my PhD at a small school, Wilkes University up in Pennsylvania. And then uh, about six years ago, I uh, got recruited to come down and to teach at the University of Florida, where I am blessed to work with amazing faculty who do the same thing that I do and really put a lot of attention into this field of humility humility and leadership and trying to help people really understand the impact that humility can have on leadership. That's amazing um, that you get the opportunity to do that. We've shared like some keywords here, um, gratitude, humility, uh, emotional intelligence, they're all like tied together. And, you know, being able to impact young people at that stage of their lives. I actually uh, also teach uh, communication and public speaking at uh, George Mason University. So I, I always have that, um, that intention every time in front of my students to share something about leadership. So, you know, they all go together. You wanna, you know, as a leader, you wanna communicate better, you wanna speak better. And so all of those things, they definitely add value, you know, whatever, we, whatever way we're intending to reach out to the audience that we're speaking to. So this is really great, but we're gonna talk a little bit more about humility because I know it's something that it's really special. Why? Because many people um, that I've had opportunity to chat with, they feel like leadership and humility don't go together, which kind of like makes me laugh. But let me talk first about some of the qualities of a leader that I always look out for, right? I always like to, uh, always, I'm always attracted to someone, uh, you know, who's, who leads from the heart, right? That quality is something I'm, I'm, I'm really drawn into in, term, in terms of also leading with compassion and kindness, those who are, you know, leaders, leadership that is authentic and, and leaders who are not really afraid to lead from behind and, and putting their people forward. So even though this of the, these are qualities that I'm really, really, um, really excited about, I really want to learn even more, you know, from your perspective about humility and leadership, because I didn't even think they would go together 
as you know, in terms of someone who's who's a researcher as well, I'm curious to see, um, and I'm sure our listeners are curious to hear as well. You know, why humility in, in leadership? Do they even go together? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. I think when we look at leadership, leadership and the hotbed of leadership, leadership theory, leadership books, all the books that are being published. You know, a lot of the leadership that comes out comes out from uh, a Western perspective, a, an American perspective, in, in right. fact. So it doesn't surprise me much that we, to this point, have not really valued humility as much as maybe we should. And I'll make an argument why we should in just a second. But I think, you know, our individualistic nature uh, that, that, you know, we are individuals who can go out and get our own American dream. That kind of suggests that humility doesn't have a place for that with that kind of right. stepping back. And it, there's that there's certainly this idea of uh, how we evaluate our leaders. And if you look in, mm-hmm. in most fields, people have about three, four years to get it right or they're gone, whether it's in the sports world or if yeah. it's CEOs. That's so true. So they have to make whatever short-term decisions for themselves to make sure, even politicians, you get two years, three years at most to show that you're going to get reelected. So you have to do whatever you can to take care yeah. of yourself. Mm-hmm. So humility kind of plays, a, a, you know, that, that backstage role in, in leadership and hasn't been published in a lot of leadership books. But I will tell you this. If you really look deep, and I have looked deep on this topic of humility, it's been something I've been so, so passionate about for the last 10 years, I've done research on it. What I find is this, and there's there's certainly a lot of reasons, and the reasons I would suggest that we really need to look at humility are, are a couple. One is that great companies, mm-hmm. really great companies, companies like Google and Zappos, have recently over the last decade started to transform their culture to Mm -hmm. emphasize the important mindset of humility. So someone like Google is a great example. There's a a movie out there called The Internship where Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are going to get an internship at Mm -hmm. at Google. And they ask a question like, you know, uh, if you were shrunk to the size of a nickel, you know, and put in a blender, how would you get out and stuff like that? And that used to be the way back in the 90s that Google asked questions to find out it's 10 times harder to get into Google than it is Harvard University. So they get really smart people. They get these amazingly smart people and how they decided in the 90s, they asked these ridiculous questions like how much does the Empire State Building weigh or, you know, how many manhole covers are in Chicago? Those were questions that they found after doing a a decade's worth of research had no correlation between how successful Google was in getting high performers. So early 2000, this wonderful HR, Laszlo Block is his name, uh, he, he decided that what they needed to do was focus on humility because if we could get the smartest people to work at Google, no one person was going to be smarter than people working together. So we need right. to, he, he suggested that they needed to find people who had this collective humility. He talked about uh, intellectual humility and mm-hmm. said, if we could find people who knew that they had to work with others to become smarter, we could really elevate. So over the last decade, they did that. Zappos and companies you know, like Worldwide Technology, Jay Gallo Wineries, Kellogg Company, Teaching for America, Tinder, just a a number of different companies have started to embrace values that are based on humility, actually put it into their corporate values. And it has made a world of difference. 
there's if you think about world religions, there's mm. no other common characteristic that all world religions embrace mm. like humility. And when we talk about thought leaders, like really great thought leaders in leadership, people like Warren Bennis and Daniel Goldman, Stephen Covey, Simon Sinek, Adam Grant, John Maxwell, Dale Carnegie, Zig Ziglar, yeah. Gladwell, you know, Daniel Pink, every single one of them have agreed or at some point wrote the importance of humility in the stuff that they're talking about. And we find it in all great leaders. If we just yes. look back, people like George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Madison and, you know, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, all of these folks. So I, it got me thinking as I saw all of this over and over, what mm. other trait out there is endorsed by Google and Moses and Dale Carnegie and Ben Franklin? There's no other trait that is embraced as much as humility. It's just we yeah. haven't because of our culture really gone in and learned about it and learned how to develop it. That is really powerful. And I'm, you know, even you, I am very much a, a John Maxwell team member and I can, I can tell you hundred percent that, um, that, that represents, you know, uh, John Maxwell's brand in terms of humility. He's a very humble leader and he believes, you can see that even in his books and even Ziegler as well. It's something that I think, you know, it, it has a lot of potential and I'm glad to hear that you've done some research in it for over 10 years. So it's really um, something that I look forward to even um, hearing more or having more conversations about this topic with you, if you don't mind. So since you are the expert, experts, so to speak, then what are some strategies that you think leaders can use to reach their full potential, even you know, personally, professionally, and even socially when it comes to humility and leadership? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Maxwell. You know, the thing I love most about Maxwell is his focus is always on growth. And I think we share that in similarity is that as humans, as leaders in leadership development, the focus shouldn't be on profit. It should certainly always kind of be on growth. How are we getting better? How are we elevating in that process? And, and your engagement with research is so right. It's this idea of all that stuff is nice, but if research doesn't suggest that there is a there is a positive outcome of humility, then there's no exactly. reason to practice it. Absolutely. But the truth is, research has shown that there's a positive impact on pro-social characteristics, different characteristics, so that the connection between humility and these characteristics are absolutely mm -hmm. present. And it's characteristics like perception, accurate perception, diversity. So the more humble you are, the more you're likely to bring on a diverse team, the research suggests. You're more likely yes. to be creative, a higher level of emotional intelligence. You're more likely to be engaged in the work you're doing. Mm -hmm. forgiveness is connected to the research generosity is connected intuition certainly stuff like teamwork and well-being and systems thinking but mm -hmm. probably the most important finding the one that i talk about most is there has been so much research that suggests the more humble individually you are and the more humble collectively your team and your culture is mm -hmm. the higher levels of performance focus you have and the higher levels of actual performance you have. So that's really important. Research suggests it. It's all outlined in that book that I'm talking about. But you asked me a really important question, which was this idea of humility. Um, what? How do we get to that, that potential? What are some tidbits with this? And I will tell you this. 
I think the, the way that we define humility becomes really important. I think often when people see humility or hear humility, they think, oh, it means being less than or taking a step back. Yeah. Many people process. think it's a, it's a weakness sometimes. A weakness. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly <laughs> right. You're, you're 100% right. And the truth is, the way that I've defined it, and I think the better definition is, it tends to be a proper perspective of how we see ourselves so really having a proper perspective of ourselves, all the things that we're good at, but all of our weaknesses and being able to manage that, it's a proper perspective of others. So how others are important to us and how we're important to others. And then it's finally a proper perspective of how we connect to something bigger. And that something bigger is so important. And it actually goes in that kind of direction. We certainly have to understand ourselves first before we can understand the importance of others. Mm -hmm. Then we need to understand the importance of others before we can understand the importance of our bigger calling, our bigger purpose, or what we're connected to. And that may be something with faith or the environment mm -hmm. or a cause, but we have to have that as leaders. And what humility does is it suggests that we are imperfect, incomplete, and impermanent. And I think the problem with our leadership development now, and a lot of leadership coaches are, they say things like, you know, I used to be imperfect. But now I'm, I, I've learned all the secrets and I've, I'm a perfect leader. So if you take my course or my training or my workshop, you can be perfect too. And the truth is um, you will never no. be perfect. You'll yeah. never be perfect. You'll never be complete until the day you die. You'll yep. never be complete and you'll always be impermanent in this world. And I think if we lead from those places, we start to understand that our strengths are tremendously important because they're unique to us. But yeah. our weaknesses are also important because then we can go to that next step where we find others who support us, engage us, connect with us to eventually get to the overall purpose. And a lot of the book talks to you just about how you reflect and how you take action to develop yourself with humility. How do you develop your relationship with others so that you're engaged? I always find it funny that Undercover Boss show where the leader gets all dressed up and they yes. go in and then, yeah, <laughs> there's such a, it's, that's the other's piece of it. They go in and they're so surprised <laughs> that these other people are so important. And then they give them all this stuff and they do all this stuff with them. Like that's the humility that happens yes. to them when they go in and understand that other people, no matter if they're the CEO or they've got millions of dollars, like these other people who are engaged in the organization connected to something bigger are really truly important. And we have to take care of them. We have to engage them. Because if you do that, they'll give you blood, sweat, and tears. They'll be able to engage you in your purpose. Mm -hmm. Leaders are not an end in themselves. They're only that kind of means to helping the organization reach its end or other people reach their end. So having that connection with others and then that final purpose of what we're looking at and how are we connected to something bigger becomes really important. So yeah. every step in this book, I really talk about what are the things we need to do to reflect, to take action? It's amazing. It's it's almost 300 pages. It's, it's chock full of all of these ways that we can start to develop ourselves a more proper perspective. Mm -hmm. I never talked about an accurate perception because I don't think we ever get to 100% accurate perception. No. But I do think we, work in progress. Yeah. we grow. We grow with that. And yeah. the final piece I'd say is this, is that, you know, Oftentimes, humility is seen as the opposite of narcissism. It's seen as the opposite of arrogance. And I would argue this, that it's not the opposite of those. The opposite of something like arrogance or overconfidence is really lacking confidence, mm -hmm. is really not having any confidence at all. I think humility is that sweet spot in the middle. It's the, 
as, as Aristotle might call it, the golden mean, the, the, the right. great place in the middle that we're not overconfident, but we're not underconfident. We just know how confident we are. We have a proper perspective. And it works with creativity too. Yeah. And, and so many other characteristics. You know, if you're at the extreme of creativity, you have no creativity or you're, you know, eccentric. But if you have humility in your creativity, you understand I have to be creative, but also engage with other people towards that purpose. So humility helps us get to that sweet spot in the middle. Those are really, uh, those are really uh, golden nuggets that you've dropped on this show. And I also want to add that when it comes to humility, it reminds me a lot about vulnerability, right? Because it, you, it takes, you have to be, um, you, it, it takes, I would say it takes courage actually to be to be to be humble, uh, to yeah to to be humble. And I also feel that you know it's a strength actually because many people would want to be to uh, practice humility and then they don't really have it come to them naturally. That it's a muscle that they have to develop. So I definitely see how it can really shape our purpose and it can also impact our our significance, right? What, you know, what do we want to be remembered for? So when we're having that mindset, you know, as a leader, being using a humble approach, you know, modeling to the people that were leading that we are not perfect ourselves. We're all growing together. And how can I help you hold your hand so we can get in this journey? I think it's really powerful. And I'm thinking also that, you know, um, our future leaders, this is something that if they really focus on, it's going to make the world a better place and break down some of break down some of those barriers that we have. It's uh, amazing. I, I love your point here. This they call it collective humility, and it talks about the culture within an organization or the culture of a people. It, and there's this this phenomena out there called social contagion, you know, theory in the process, and it suggests that if you surround yourself around happy people, you're more likely to be happy. And if you yeah. surround if you surround yourself with people who are overweight, you're more likely to be overweight. If you surround yourself around smokers, it's social contagion. It's this idea that the people we surround ourselves make a really impact. And in my class, I always say hello, how was your day at the beginning of class? Because I want to. I want to make people happy because then they'll make other people happy. Mm -hmm. And there's this amazing research done by this two gentlemen, Owens and Heckman, who talked that talk about this collective humility, that it has the same impact that if you are humble, people around you are more likely to be humble. And if your team is more humble, then your organization is more likely to be humble. So if you can train people, if you can engage people to be and come with this collective humility, mm -hmm. you're more likely to have a focus on performance, more likely to have actual increased performance. You're more likely to be uh, engaged with others and be less competitive. So when we talk about why organizations silo, it's because they lack humility in that process. They're more likely right. to work together. So all of those benefits we get from humility can actually come out of this social contagion where one person can influence another person. We always ask leaders, you know, Think about it this way. How is your boss impacting your spouse? Because your spouse is impacted socially by that. If they're more happy, then you're more happy, then your wife is more happy in that process. So the people we surround ourselves around, the energy we give, especially when it's associated with humility, is contagious. It's contagious. Yeah. And instead of dealing with the pandemic and the contagion that is negative, let's start, let's start this. This pandemic of humility, this virus of humility that goes across organizations, that goes across our culture, that goes across the world so that we can address 
really complex issues. Yeah, I, I definitely see how this can actually even change the culture in the workplace. And, you know, many times people, you know, quit their quit. People think they quit the organizations where they're quitting because of their managers and, and all of that. So um, embracing humility as a leader can really turn things around in the organization and can make people stick with the organization longer because it even builds more trust and it makes them know that they're human as, as you are and they're even more willing to you know stick with you and, and grow your organization. So this you is couldn't great. Be more right. Yeah, you couldn't be more right. This is great. So I know you keep talking about your book and uh, I want to ask, you know, just, you know, what's what's the title of the book? No, I love that. It's called The H Factor. And I talk about humility as being a mindset for individuals and organizations and then give, uh, you know, the the why humility and who needs humility. And then uh, talk a lot about in the, the second half of the book, how do you start to develop proper perspective of yourself, proper perspective of others, and a proper perspective of that bigger picture. That's great. Congratulations on that book. I know, you know, I, I wrote my first book, but so I know how hard it is to write a book, but yours is like 300 pages and, and you know, backed by research and all of that. I can't wait to um, to get a copy of the book. And, and so when is the book, is it right now available on Amazon or where, where can we find it? It is coming out at the end of next week. So I'm so excited. It's going to be up on Amazon. So you can definitely get the ebook there or you can actually get the soft cover book there. Uh, if you want it even earlier, please don't hesitate to contact me. I have an Instagram. Uh, it's my name, Matthew.Sauchik. Uh, love to talk to people who are interested in the topic there. Or you can email me at Sauchik, S-O-W-C-I-K at U-F-L dot E-D-U. Uh, Happy to get you a book, happy to uh, engage with you on the topic of leadership, and uh, I certainly will be sending you a book, I'll sign it, and you know that birthing a book is just this, the emotional process of putting yes. your heart and soul into something, so I appreciate <laughs> yeah. you acknowledging that, because I really feel like that's where I'm at right now, is I'm putting this little baby off into the world, and I yes. hope people will just really embrace it, engage it, and then give me some feedback. Uh, humbly, I ask for some feedback on it, because I think this is a topic that is understudied and it would really help our world, certainly help our communities and would help our families so much to just be able to engage with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you know, we have um, our, our podcast show notes. So I would, if you don't mind, I would like to put maybe a link to your website where people can see when the book comes out so they can click on it and order it if you don't mind, you know, providing that information. No, I would love that. And once again, I would encourage everyone who is interested in it, reach out to me. I, I am absolutely so excited to talk about this and certainly talk about your organization and how you might be able to use humility kind of in that collective humility way to impact it in a positive way. Absolutely. You know, it's a book that I know that um, once people get hold of it, you know, that's how we change our world with things like that. So it's a really impactful book. So thank you. I know I would like to continue chatting with you, but we've come to the end of the podcast. So uh, we always wrap up the podcast with a signature question. So it depends who's on the show, right? So if the guest is maybe a consultant, I'll ask them the question, you know, what does empowerment mean to you as a consultant? But in this case, I would like to ask you then, what does empowerment mean to you as a leadership expert and a professor? 
Yeah, I think that's why I do my job is the idea of empowerment and passion and connecting people to what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, it certainly grounds everything and every reason why I wrote the book. Uh, it's the idea that as leaders and just as individuals, our collective goal is growth and opportunity. And, and within that opportunity is to empower other people for growth and their opportunity. And a, a lot of people call this servant leadership. Uh, some people uh, will engage with that kind of heart or compassion or servant leadership. I really find it to be a humility base of engagement where we are really on this planet to grow mm -hmm. for opportunities within ourselves and other people. So that's that's what engagement means to me. And I think if we do that really well, we see all of the outcomes and whether those outcomes are success, you know, whether those outcomes are money, whether those outcomes are happiness, all of that comes from empowering ourselves and empowering other people. So gosh, I love that question. Thank you for asking it. Wow, this is powerful. That's it. Thank you so much for wrapping us up. I would like to wish you the best of luck, you know, in, in your professional life, you know, I, as a professor and as an, an author, I know you, you also uh, write so many articles and journals. So I'll be definitely be on the lookout to grab a copy or two to learn even more from you. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show to our listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this wonderful episode. I believe you've learned a lot. I have, and I know that uh, once we get the copy of that book, it's going to be even more fun. So be safe, be well, and I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.